One, two, three, four. Just another day at my dead end profession. I've lived day to day. Yeah, listen to some good old country records on the radio. Hell, yeah, what else can I say? Welcome back to the program. I'm Ryan Shores. With me, as always, is Dave Gallons. Woohoo! Oh, don't steal his thing. It's all he has. <laughs> and on the soundboard, show him how it's done, Mr. Robert Timothy. That sucked too. Yeah, huh? that was a little bit. Start off for this Bobby. episode over. <laughs> woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. I'm gonna be like Groot. That's like woohoo, woohoo. Yeah, you just make a series of <laughs> grunts. Smartest guy in the room just goes woohoo. Obviously, we know exactly what you mean with each one. Right, and I will also be voiced by Vin Diesel. <laughs> so, want to start off this uh, this episode with a uh, listener question. I got I got this. Even this is, comes to us from uh, Mikey in Bluefield, Virginia. Uh, he starts it out by saying, Howard, first time listener, long time caller. <laughs> I love the way you guys talk all, about all the times you screwed up when you were younger, oh, all yeah. the mistakes you made, and the times you've embarrassed yourselves. It's very humanizing, vulnerable, and relatable, and it makes me feel better about all the mistakes I've made when I was a teenager. However, I think all of you guys are pretty clever, particularly Bobby. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> there it is. So I wonder, was there ever a time in uh, you? I think he means when in your youth, when you were wise beyond your years. Love the show. Thanks, Mikey. All right. Well, I've had a couple of days to marinate at this because uh-huh. I, I got it on Wednesday. So I'll kick it off while you guys think about it. Okay. So before I get into it, I want to just clarify what I mean when I say teenagers try to get girls drunk, okay? I don't mean it in a... <laughs> hold on. Hold on. All right, all right. Okay. This is a wise beyond your I, I think thing, you may remember. have misunderstood the question. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I just trolled by a junior high with a six-pack out the door so, on my Chevy Cruze waiting for some girls to come by. So when I say that in, in, the, in the, the telling of this, I don't mean it in a predatory sense because some guys are fucking monsters that try to get girls blacked out fucking drunk so that they can't... They have no faculties yeah. about them and they take advantage. I mean, when when we were like 16 or 17, we we found out this magic little liquid uh-huh. would make girls a little bit more okay with making out with us. And when I say we'd try to get girls drunk, what I mean is we'd try to get them buzzed so that they would make the decision to maybe make out with us. So I want that to be on the table, okay? Just just a quick interlude. Yeah. <laughs> when I was young, when me and my friends started drinking like 15, 16, we did not realize that that was the goal because to us it was like, oh man, if you get drunk, you might have the balls enough to talk to a girl. <laughs> and so we didn't even realize until we had been drinking for a few years that you were supposed to offer them drinks as well. We're just like, let's get wasted so that we go talk to Karen without throwing up from <laughs> nervousness. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so the thing is, I learned early on at like 16 and a half that if girls drank too much, they'd throw up all of themselves and pass out. And then mm-hmm. night was over as sure. far as they were concerned. Because yeah. again, not a predatory monster that would drag their lifeless body into the back bedroom. <laughs> so I realized early on when we'd, we'd go to parties, like, oh man, let's let's get the girls loosey-goosey with a little bit of, of vodka. I would give them way less than I would told them that I was giving them. I would put like a thimble full of vodka in a big solo cup full of fucking Hawaiian punch. And they'd be <laughs> like, they'd be like, oh my God, this is this this, this tastes great. 
great because that's another thing I realized. Girls don't like the taste of alcohol. <laughs> so I, I'd basically give them a fucking glass of Hawaiian punch and they'd be like, this is amazing. And the thing is, they were also like 103 pounds. So over the course of the night, like eight of those, like they would have the equivalent of like one drink and that'd be pretty much enough. And and also the placebo effect. Sure. So by the end of the night, they'd be like, hey, you're kind of cute. I never realized. I'd be like, on Monday, you're going to try and blend this with alcohol, but you're not even drunk, dummy. <laughs> so, like, do you guys ever do the thing where you get a keg of O'Doul's party? Just to see the people pretend to be drunk. We never went that far, but that, oh, was, yeah. that was my wise beyond my years I, I like the idea, though, that these women would then go on later in life and think they have a way higher tolerance than they actually do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I probably caused a lot of DUIs <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I'm unaware of. Oh, no, I can handle eight drinks, no problem. <laughs> yeah, so but that was my wise beyond years thing is I figured out at the tender age of 16, always give women less alcohol, not more. It's That's something good. that I carry it to this day with my wife. She's yeah. like, "Let me, let me get another drink." I'm like, uh, I'm, "I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna give her a thing of ginger beer and tell her it's a mule." <laughs> All the vodka bottles in Ryan's house are half water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She tried to freeze one, and a big iceberg formed. I realized, yeah, I, I was thinking about this. I definitely have one. The, the biggest one, I think, the one that made the biggest difference. When I was young, my older brother and sister are way older than me. They're my brother's like ten years older. My sister's like seven years older. So I was like the oops late baby or whatever. And I was the first one who didn't have to go to Catholic school, right? Like my brother and sister had to go to Catholic school and blah, 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 where I, where we moved to, where I was born, they had decent enough public schools. I could go to that. And so we did. But as it was coming the time to go to junior high and high school, my parents had intended that I was going to Catholic school, just like my brother and sister had. This was a big, strict rule. They wanted it to. I think they realized at that time, they're like, he's an atheist. We got to fix this shit. Like, let's, <laughs> let's figure this. Some nun will beat some religion into him. And so they were like, we're going to send you to Catholic school. Now, at the time, I was thinking somewhat selfishly like kids do when they're in the fifth grade, like, oh, I want to be with all my friends, and right. I'm not a fucking Catholic, <laughs> and <laughs> this is going to be a tough thing for me. But also... I was already nerdy enough. I was already in the gate program and stuff. And I already knew, like, the local Catholic school sucks. Like, it sucks. It's, they're teaching you about Jesus and not about math, and you're not going to learn that much. And relative to the public school— Hey, wait. Like, didn't Jesus multiply fish that one time? <laughs> you learn. He got the wrong denominator at the end, though. Uh, yeah, so, like, I was, I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to do this, A, because I do enjoy school, but I also going to miss my friends and stuff. And I'm like, even at that point, looking at what college I wanted to go to, and I was looking at the where those, these kids were going from the Catholic schools, it's like, these kids aren't doing shit with their lives. <laughs> and I remember, like, it being a big deal. But it, when you're 10 years old, what's your argument, right? I like right? How, how Bobby at 10 is, like, is, is criticizing other 10-year-olds on their career trajectory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a little suit and tie, a little briefcase. Hey, Marvin, what's your fucking five-year plan? Like, continue to eat applesauce? I don't know. I'll be literally 15. I just remember looking at this and going, like, I need to change this. I remember, like, coming up with a plan and being like, this needs to change. This is going to be really bad for me. I'm not going to get into the college I want to go into. I'm not going to be with my friends. I'm I'm picturing a big dry erase board that Bobby's drawing on in his room. I'm going to be in this fucking... Catholic cult thing like I don't want any part of this shit and so I realized at that age I do not have like the agency to stop this like my parents just informed me you're going to Catholic school also you're 10 yeah yeah (laughs) and so what I did is I and my family didn't have like a culture of family meetings but I think I saw it on Saved by the Bell or something (laughs) and I like I decided to call a family meeting and first I got my brother and sister who are again they're adults at this point they're literally like legal adults 13 years old (laughs) 
No, they're at their, at this point, my brother's like 20 and my sister's like 18. And so I get them together. I'm like, listen, guys, I don't want to do this fucking Catholic school thing. Like, let's put something together. And I got together with my brother and sister and put down like a timeline and a plan and the reasons I don't want to do it and why I shouldn't. I got all the data before the internet, by the way, I got the data on graduation rates of these like Catholic high schools versus the one I want to go to. Got everything down, and then I called a family meeting, which, again, my family did not have, and sat my parents down and gave them the whole lecture of why I can't go to this Catholic school. And, again, you have to understand, my mom's a little nuts. She's from Eastern Europe. She's like, there's going to be gangs. You're going to get shot. You're going to be like ridiculous stuff. Ryan, I just can't get past the image in my head of a 13-year-old nerdy little kid with a PowerPoint on the <laughs> yeah. wall. All the adults are just like, Jesus Christ, what oh, the fuck Oh, again is with this doing? shit. So it became a huge fight where my parents basically stood their ground and were like, no, you're going to Catholic school. My brother and sister were like, he's got a point. You should listen to what he's saying. Like, he wants to go to college and this is, you're, you might be impeding him. And it became a standoff. And then the wisest move out of all of this is I, I at one point my parents were like, sorry, you're just not deciding. We have chosen this for you. You are going to the Catholic school. And I said, well, if what you are telling me is that my academic future is not important to you and where I go to college is not important to you, then I have no intention of continuing to work hard right now. So why would I keep going in elementary school if this is the case? <laughs> I am. I have no intention of doing this. If you're going to force me into a, a negative academic situation, it is against my inherent interest right now to bust my ass. So I'm done. And I basically went on strike. I was like, I'm not going to school. I'm not doing anything. Now, again, they knew I was lying. I never missed a day of school. This yeah. wasn't going to happen. But at some point, I think they just panicked and they were like, fuck, what if he stops trying? <laughs> like, whatever. like, we can't force him to try. We can make him go to school. We can't force him to try. And that is how I ended up not going to Catholic school and then going to a good public high school that got me into Berkeley and everything else. So in terms of like, wise youth decisions that was one that changed my life when i was 10 years old and staged a revolt all right dave that's pretty fucking hilarious uh let's see or wise beyond my years for my youth um absolutely not okay <laughs> well there was this one time uh when i was probably pre-teens i lived in this nice neighborhood it wasn't nice, whatever but a bunch of friends kids friends whatever we'd hang out hang out and these developers came in and they were trying to tear down the buildings and make condos. <laughs> yeah. So I got my friends to go and find this treasure uh -huh. in this cave. Uh, yes, I do remember I that. I knew he was going to yeah. take the piss out of this. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> okay. So anyway, sorry, Mikey, just two answers for you. So guys, I wanted to tell you this. I thought that I would be a lot further in my career before I started turning down TV roles. Oh my God, you turned Ooh. down a TV role? I, this so week? You got the big shot over wait, here. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's let's get a few out of the way that I would. Dave, what are some roles you would turn down on TV right off the bat? I don't think you're going to pick this one. Uh, <laughs> extra in To Catch a Predator Sting. <laughs> I will turn no. that down. I was Star of To Catch a Predator Sting. <laughs> I was thinking like a commercial for an STD. Yeah, yeah, herpes like commercial. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I would do that. You know why? Because I'm playing a role. Okay. Sure. And, 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 and I'll show. Uh, you'll see why this this differs a little bit. Okay. Now again, I thought that I would have like fucking hardware on my mantle before I started mm -hmm. turning down stuff, but this one did seem like a career killer, even at this stage. Recently, I was gonna s save this uh, for until closer to when it airs. Aaron and I just taped something for the Epics channel for a show called Sex Life. They're in their second season. What and is they that? Uh, so Sex Life is basically, it's like one of those talking head shows where they, they interview people about, you know, basically their sex life. It's typically comedians they interview. Mm. We just try and be funny about it. And it went, it went okay. okay. We went up to Hollywood a couple weeks, and it's going to probably air in June. 
Um, so anyways, apparently we did okay because the casting director that put me in that hit me up again with another role. And it paid really well. Uh, like they, they, they talked about the money first. I'm like, I'm going to be able to pay off like a substantial amount of debt with that. I'm like, all right. Um, and she's like, yeah, we'd like you and your your wife really, um, you know, you got chemistry on screen. So we'd like you to do this. You're again going to be playing yourself. Okay. It's, it's, it's supposed to be reality TV, but it's semi-scripted. Okay. It's another sex kind of show. You, Is it real wife swap? <laughs> <laughs> you two are going to be in a sex shop, and we're going to kind of make it seem as if, like, the camera just kind of came up to you and, and, like, hey, can we ask you a quick question? Like, like you weren't expecting mm. it, all right? I'm like, all right, okay. Like a man on the street kind of. Yeah, man on the street thing. And, we're, and, we're, and your wife is going to suggest that you two uh, use a strap-on, and you're going to be really into it. And then the rest of the episode is you guys shop, shopping for a strap-on to use on you. Okay, I mean, that's not okay. Doesn't that qualify in that same playing a role thing? That I'm not t- playing a role. I'm there as comedian Ryan Shores. Oh, this is supposed okay. to be real life. Okay. If I was just, just, if I was playing a character, that'd be fine. That'd be funny material on stage sure. to talk about this character I played. But no, this has to be real life, and I have to be Ryan Shores wants to get pegged by his wife real bad, <laughs> and they did a whole episode of TV by it. So now, listen again. It's national TV credit, which uh, you know the, the, when, we, when you're a Stand up comic down at my level, those sure. are little gold coins, every fucking TV credit you can get. And again, the money was good. But I have enough problems with trolls as it is. Yeah. I get called Soapy Joe once a fucking <laughs> week as it is. Yeah. I don't think I'd like to graduate to comedian that wants to get pegged by his wife guy. <laughs> I, so, I think it would be funnier. Now, now this is already their concept, right? This is their concept of we're gonna go into a sex shop and follow people around. And I, by the way, real quick. I'm not trying to kink shame or sure. say that if you use that on each other, like that it makes you any less of a man. No, you're just saying you don't want that to be your. I don't want that to be the tag. first thing people think yeah. when they see me. <laughs> I don't have enough credits under my belt to just to throw that in there and have people not remember it. So they already have this concept down, right? But what if we tweak it a little bit? What if we get executive producer on this idea, right? Because their idea is just following a couple around the sex shop. I say we add a little spice to it, right? Let's do a Dick Van Dyke take where there's an ottoman somewhere, Ryan walks by, trips over it, and then just ends up in a pile of (laughs) strap-ons. I really had to prey on this one a little bit. I I was like, ah, man, TV credit. You never know where it could lead, you know, and and, and the money. You know, I like money. I'm a huge fucking sellout. I texted my, my agent. Uh, Michael, it, it was in the morning. I, I I slept on it. First of all, Aaron was way into it. She's like, "Let's do this." Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, she's into it. And uh, she's like, "This doesn't make you less of a man." I'm like, "Still, I'm not. I'm yeah. not worried about that." Yeah. Uh, anyways, in the morning, I texted my agent. I said, "Hey, man, I need your advice on whether or not on to what take size this- of a dildo." <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a gauge? <laughs> Preferably not one that looks like a Pepsi can. But anyways, yeah. I'm like, I need your advice on whether or not to take to turn down or accept the TV roll. And it was it was early in the morning. He's like, all right, I'm just waking up. Give me like an hour or two just to get my coffee and shower, and then uh, we'll we'll talk about it. But I'm like, all right, great. In the meantime, and I sent him a screenshot of what it would entail. I'm like, here's something to mull over before we talk. He texted back immediately, I don't need my faculties for this. You're not taking it. <laughs> okay, counterpoint. L.A. comic who's he, his, he's growing in success. He's getting out there. He's getting a little more notoriety. He's traveling, touring, making money. Who I is think it? we all know him. Connor McSpadden. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great comic. Good guy. Straight. Uh, he has an amazing bit 
about getting pegged by his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, well. Uses it as a closer, and crowds fucking love it. It's amazing. Yeah. And he didn't even get paid for that shit. <laughs> that's true. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what you first think of when you think of Connor. You think of a writer on David Spade's TV show. <laughs> not that his girlfriend used a strap on him. And I, I don't want to be a meme, guys. Nah, I don't. You already are. I mean, just fucking yeah. add to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan, speaking of uh, career advice... I am starting to encounter something that I think you have had to deal with for the past few years, which is we're doing our Nerd Night thing, and we're starting to get fans from Science Faction showing up to Nerd Night. So this last week, we had a a guy who had come down from Seattle. He was doing work, and he wanted to come on by and and say hi to the show. Very cool. A lady who was a huge fan, lived somewhat locally, and came and dragged her husband along. And she showed up and was really nice. And it's great. You know how it is. When somebody yeah. comes up, I mean, you, for those of you guys uh, who ever wonder, like, hey, should I go up and bother that person who I whose material I like? Do it. Like, it's Do they, it. They are never going to be like, man, that was so shitty of that person to tell me how much they enjoyed also, my stuff. Also, suggest bits for them to add yeah. to the little no. skits. <laughs> you know, here's, here's the two things about it. First of all, it's a very surreal experience for someone to come up and say, hey, I'm a fan of yours. Yeah. Because it just I just never thought that, that would ever happen even once. Yeah. But the other side of it is I never do know what to do with my face when they're, yeah! when they're telling me that. <laughs> and, you know, here's what it's like. You know how uh, when people sing you happy birthday, you don't know what to do with your face? <laughs> right. It's exactly like that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, so there is that. So first of all, absolutely go do that. That makes people feel great. So I had two people do that to me this week, and it was fantastic, and I loved it. But there was this one weird quirk, which is that the young lady who came to see us that brought her husband – when they first approached us, they first approached Damien and they were talking to him and Damien called me over. He goes, hey, hey, check it out, these fans. And I came up and she and and the first thing her husband said as I was like, oh, nice to meet you. And he goes, oh, she's a she's the huge fan right here. She's gushing right now. She's like nerding out. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And we talked a little bit. And then she's like, hey, can we take some pictures? And we went outside to take those pictures and her husband didn't come with us, which made me feel a little weird. It was oh, like, because now it's like me and Damien and this girl. Were and- you getting a vibe of, uh, yeah, my wife's a big fan of yours. I don't know why. No, not at all. He was very generous. No jealousy? No, not nothing at all. They were both very sweet, very great. Yeah, I was expecting to be like, oh, my wife's the big fan. I do not listen to your podcast (laughs) at all. I'm sure, to be honest. I find you trite. (laughs) Right, I'm sure, like, it was really just because I am new to this. You probably would not have been as weirded out. But, like, we went outside to it to go take the pictures, and my immediate reaction as we got somebody to take the pictures is, oh, shit, what do I do with my hands? Right? Like that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because normally, if you're taking a picture, you'll do the, you know, arm around or something like that yeah and it just feels weird because i just met this person's husband and i want to clarify that this is like like we're not being weird and predatory with somebody who's kind of a fan and so we i literally did this i turned to damien because she goes all right come on let's go and she put her arms out like she was gonna put like we should all put our arms around her and i was like i just feel so uncomfortable and i thought to myself what is the least sexually aggressive pose a male can take and i just looked at damien he did a headstand (laughs) (laughs) no even that i feel like i'm getting my dick closer to her mouth (laughs) that doesn't work at all no i turned to damien i just go damien sorority girl pose and we did that thing where you put your butt out and you put your hands on your knees and you duck face at the camera so your first experience with having a fan and that's how you (laughs) responded to it well done but it ended up working out and it reminded me of that whole thing Keanu Reeves does you know Keanu Reeves very famously yes (laughs) he disarms bombs on buses (laughs) 
he has very intense moments with a young Leonardo DiCaprio. No, he uh, he does the thing where instead of putting his arms around women, or if he does, he always has his hands visible, like in the shot. He has them somewhere. They, they, they hover over her shoulder, not yeah. touching. Yeah, right. and so, over down by the hips, like palms out. Yeah, like exactly. He's not actually touching. Exactly. Him. He raises them in the air like he's being <laughs> questioned by police. I'm curious now, like what is the way you handle that. Like, what is the thing that you do for that so that you can convey, like, I want to convey to this person, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you so much for being a fan and let's take pictures and do all that stuff. And I also want to convey to her husband, I want to do this respectfully and I want you to understand that I'm just a dude who does a podcast. I'm not a creepy dude who's trying to put the moves on your wife. Right, right. For me, that's never been a problem. I just read body language. You mm. know, if, they, if if I tell they're coming in for a hug, I'll hug back. Mm. You know, I don't want them, you know, I, I saw that whole Keanu Reeves thing, like, look, he does no touching. You respect yeah. boundaries. I also don't want them to think, like, don't touch me, fucking weirdo. Yeah. I'm not touching you. I'll put my arm near you and not around you. <laughs> You're fucking gross. You smell. So, so I just read body language. And by the way, I've also had to get better at, at at realizing when when people do and don't want to be touched, okay? Mm. Because I've always been a hugger, okay? Yeah. And when I meet someone, I, I bring him. I'm like, bring it in, buddy. But you know, I realized in just recent years, hugging gives some people like you know anxiety and yeah. shit like that. So now I just I see where they're going. If, if if they're going for a fist bump, I'm going for a fist bump. If they're yeah. going for a hug, I'm going for a hug. So and it's never been a problem. Many if many going times. For five, he goes for a double leg takedown. <laughs> they won't see it coming. <laughs> I faked the double leg and I head kicked. Uh, so, so that's never been a problem. However, I'm in a situation <clears throat> this week where I, where I am anticipating the same kind of awkwardness mm. that you are. Is a few weeks ago I did a show up in Temecula, okay? And uh, afterwards, I sat at the bar and I watched the headliner Ace go up, mm. and um, and these two very pretty girls were sitting at the bar next to me, and they were kind of like glancing over, and they a few times they're like, "You were really good, we really enjoyed you," and, and they're like, "What was your name again?" So, anyways, the very next day, one of them followed me on uh, on social media, and she wrote me a very nice uh, message saying, "Oh, you, you cracked us up. We'd love. To, please tell me anytime you're back in Temecula." And I said, um, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to be in Temecula March 7th, which mm. is tonight. And she said, oh, my God, well, uh, we can't go because it's my birthday. My husband's throwing me this huge party at my house. Please come after your show. Oof. So by, did I mention her husband was not in attendance at this comedy show? So, so you think she made up the husband to lure you in? <laughs> no. I'm thinking of me showing up to this birthday party for this person I don't really know. Yeah. And meeting her husband like, hi. Your wife invited me because she thinks I'm funny. We met at a club the other week. <laughs> I, you know what would be even better? If he shows up at the party, has the awkward introduction of the husband, and then he steps in, and there's a little makeshift stage with a light <laughs> and a mic set up. I'm like, oh, he came. He's going to do a little bit for us. Or if he walked in and he was like, hi, and the husband's like, who the fuck are you? And he's like, I met your wife at the club the other day. And the husband looks even more skeptically, and then Ryan just thinks really fast and goes, Sorority girl pose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling you want a hug right now. Read your body language. And it doesn't say hug. <laughs> By the way, Ryan, you are going up to Temecula, and I yesterday asked you to put two people on your list from the work crew that I'm on. So uh, some of the stories that I've told about the uh, giant ex-tweaker construction worker, yep. you'll get to meet him. Ah, oh, that's good. <laughs> I can't wait. I <laughs> Why'd you do that to me? Because <laughs> he said he doesn't laugh at comedy shows and he sits in the front with his turn face. Fucking asshole. 
You know, the show's still on. I can, t- I can strike his name right <laughs> off that list. Bobby, I had a weird one uh, similar. So the other podcast I do with your buddy Damien, yeah, our awful yeah. neutral DD, yes. we've gotten some listeners who just are really into the show. And at yeah. one point, I offered to send people drawings of some of the characters. Mm-hmm. And so four people took me up, so I sent drawings. I don't draw digitally. I've been meaning to get into it, so I just drew pen and paper. Wow. So I do these four drawings, and now I realize, I'm like, oh, I have to send this to them. It's going to be really weird to be like, hey, what's your address? Yeah. Stranger who listens to me online. Well, he, he requested it. He, yeah. But still, like. it's a, No, Dave. No, no. You guys both are reading in way, way too much into stuff. This is a person who's a fan of yours yeah. that is requesting you send him something. It's a lot weirder. It's a lot. Those two chicks and two guys. Okay. The chicks, it felt weird to be like, what's your address? So what I did, I ended up doing was like, hey, the drawing's done, but it's pen and paper. I can send you a photo of it, or I can mail you the hard copy. Your choice. Yeah, yeah. Because it just felt weird. Like, I get what you're saying, but even uh, the fans. Here's the phrasing I use. I say, uh, where do you want me to mail this to? That's a, it, it, It's a lot better. I'm like, if you have a P.O. box, yeah, you want me to send it to your work? I don't care. Where do you want me to deliver this to? <laughs> where do you live? I'm going to show up at your house. What do you make for breakfast? <laughs> I'm going to hold up a boom box next to my drawing. <laughs> How do you feel about guys in robes at your door with drawings? <laughs> do you have any milk in the fridge? <laughs> I'll answer that for you. No, you don't. So, speaking of houses... Um, my next door neighbors, he doesn't. He's never at the house. Okay, mm-hmm. he, it's this guy. From what I can tell, he inherited the house from his dad. He's an older guy himself. He loves lives out in Arizona. He's at that house maybe one or two days uh, a month. All right, okay. which is great because as you guys know, I throw a lot of parties. Yeah, and it sounds like we're just a little bit away from taking over that guy's backyard and yes, annexing it right. into your thing. Right? Yeah. yeah, so I'll be like Dana White, just start buying all yeah. the houses around me and demolishing them. <laughs> So, anyways, even with a, a neighbor that's never there, and on the other side, my neighbor's really cool, is that around like 11 or 12, I start getting very conscious of the noise, okay, mm-hmm. in the backyard. Yeah. And it's not that I'm scared of police or anything like that. I just, I don't want to be that neighbor that right. everyone no, hates. Exactly. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm just very conscious, yeah. right? So, I need your guys' advice because I don't know who's going to buy this house because he's, he's selling it. Oh, it's for sale. He is now, he just, he just told me, I, I seen him, he was, he was in his front yard the other day. I'm like, oh, Jim, what's up, man? He's like... Hey, buddy, just want to let you know, I'm uh, we're going to be putting up the house for sale pretty soon. And so I was like, oh, shit, because I don't know who's going to move it. Is it going to be yeah. a cop caller? Is it going to be an old lady? Is yeah. it going to be people with small children? So I'm thinking, I'm like, first of all, I want to discourage the sale of this house. And secondly, I would like to set the right expectations. So anytime someone comes over, I'm thinking of like, like wandering onto my front lawn in my boxer shorts holding a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> like, hey, brother! <laughs> Happy 9 a.m. <laughs> right out. normal Ryan. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. I don't think yeah. you've thought this through, Ryan, because one of the problems is that activity would make that house sell for much less, and that house's selling price directly affects your house's value. And so, therefore, if you devalue that house, you're literally pulling money out of your own pocket. But do I still get to throw parties until it's at 1 a.m.? Yes, you do. Okay. Now, to your first point, discouraging the sale, I was thinking that old episode of the Brady Bunch where they were going to move and the kids didn't want to, so they yeah. pretended the house was haunted. Oh. And that's kind of right Should up Should we alley. pull a Scooby-Doo? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go running around in a sheet and just jumping in and out of the house, yelling random historical fa- I'm the ghost of 1812. Oh, my God, Bobby. Can you claim that house with eminent domain? <laughs> oh, throw yeah. Throw some artifacts in there. <laughs> Just throw a chicken bone back there and be like, caveman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything you can help out, Bobby. That'd be I, great. I do like this plan. I do like the plan of, of somehow making a convoluted, almost cartoonish attempt at devaluing this person's house or 
making it appeal to the right type of person. Because what you could do... See, that's the thing. If someone sees me wandering around my boxers with Jack Daniels and they go, hell yeah, well then I know I'm, I got the right kind <laughs> no, of neighbor. No, Ryan, so you've made a mistake. What you've mistaken is you think you want the type of neighbor that's like you. No, you don't. Because then you occasionally have to be woken up by late night parties. Oh, yeah. What you oh. want instead is a deaf neighbor. <gasps> Ooh! Yes! <laughs> oh, yeah, man. so let's see. How can we make this house appealing to somebody within the deaf community? <laughs> I don't know, man, but that's a, that's a pretty good plan. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Huh. You pick up a few words of American Sign Language, and everybody who walks up, you flash it at them. If they don't respond, you pull out your dick. Right then, They're that flashed either way. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? You tell the neighbor who's selling the house, be like, "Don't you have to? Don't you have to tell potential buyers that someone was murdered in the house?" And they're like, "No one was murdered in this house." And you're like, "Are you sure?" Like, no, it might happen. Watch yourself. And it'll continue to stay that way if you don't put that for sale sign in the front yard. Actually, I have a better idea. I know how you can buy that house and just add, like join them together. Okay. I know a spot on a TV show that pays pretty well. It's on the Epics Channel. Just have to do one little thing. <laughs> One last thing before we get out of here is uh, something strange happened to me. It was actually about two weeks ago. Bobby, do you remember when UFC fighter Max Holloway had to drop out of a fight because he had drank too much water and made himself sick? I mean, that, ha that happens not only to fighters when they're trying to rehydrate, but it also happens that, like every, every, every once in a while you hear about it as like a fraternity hazing issue where they yeah. oversaturate there people There was a, a woman on a radio contest yes. a long time ago. She died. died. Yeah, yeah. The you contest was drink too much water. Absolutely. And so it was for something like a PS2 or whatever's new yeah. at the time. <laughs> and by the way, she fucking died. So this is a great example of the phrase the dose makes the poison like anything is I've never poison. Heard that phrase. that's pretty really? cool though the, yeah well the dose dose makes poison no matter what everything is poisonous in enough quantity even water if what you drink about too much. poison <laughs> wait <laughs> that's already poison <laughs> so anyways yeah it's it's a there's a lot to it you flush out all the nutrients in you yeah so that especially salts and electrolytes yeah. And stuff. yeah so yeah, yeah. that happened to me now here's the thing I used to never drink water. So right? does that happen after drinking one cup of water? He <laughs> was overhydrated. Hold on, hold on. Never drank water. Weren't you a wrestler? Yeah, I drink Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like water growing up. It tasted funny. No, same, dude. I only started drinking water like 10 years ago. I know. I didn't <laughs> start like juice and Gatorade. That's it. I didn't drink water until I was 26 years yeah. old. Why is my skin flaking off? Dude, this is weird. You're not far off. <laughs> Listen, okay, first of all, what a weird relationship we have with water because, like, uh, our society didn't realize it was important until, like, 30 years ago. Yeah. I feel like water is important is something we should have figured out like, when the doctor was still putting leeches on you and uh. shit. We should have learned that in 1 AD. But, like, seriously, we didn't because I distinctly remember sitting next to my dad on the couch watching, like, a football game he was watching, and they'd cut to, like, the quarterback on the sidelines, and he'd be tired and winded, and he'd be drinking Dr. fucking Pepper. Like, <laughs> and, and, like, that was like, yeah, yeah, it's liquid. Yeah. And so, like, we didn't understand it was fucking important until, like, recently. Oh, so, and dude, like, famously, like, a lot of high school football programs, like, the coaches would be like, if the players wanted water, they were considered a pussy. Yeah. Fucking oh, tough yeah. it out. Like Bear Bryant, the the, the Junction Boys, uh, that's a famous story of like, uh, Bear Bryant was a famous Alabama football coach. They, when he got hired to Alabama, he took all of his starting line out to this field in the middle of nowhere for like three months and ran this like three-month intensive clinic where he just like wouldn't let them have water right. just to, mm. like, to toughen them up. And like half of them got a heat stroke and like almost died. Because they were pussies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, when I was a kid, my parents didn't understand the importance of water. 
And so I was always thirsty. And I'd be like, Dad, I'm really thirsty. He's like, I don't understand why you're thirsty. You've had four cups of Sprite. I'm like, I know. It doesn't make sense. So, like... <laughs> I just imagine them panning to like a drawing board where they're puzzling and like somebody's got a lab coat on. No, we're just like, it's got some big calculation on the board that neither of them can figure it out. A 13 year old is called a family meeting. He's now his size by. So like yeah, I just didn't drink water. Like seriously, when I was like a young man, when I was in my early twenties, and I was like you know working at a corporate office and shit, I would wake up and drink coffee. Has water in it. That's fine. <laughs> then I would drink um, fucking soda with lunch. Yeah. And then I drink beer at night. And then also, like, when I was, like, 22, I'm like, why do my bones hurt all the time? I, like, went to a doctor. I'm like, I just hurt all the time. Do I have fibromyalgia? He's like, how much water do you drink? I'm like, <laughs> seriously, no. <laughs> drink like, water? Get, what are you talking about? Get to the real questions, medicine man. <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, you need to drink. So, anyways, and by the time I realized water was important for me, I didn't like it. There was no flavor to it. I'm like, this is gross. So that is my history with water. So my wife has bought me an, a, a, a giant jug. It's like a 74-ounce uh, jug of water. Yeah. That's exactly how much your body is. Uh, 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 someone my size water needs to drink minimum per day, right? So I went out drinking one night with my, my friend. The next day, I was just pounding down water. I must have drank two gallons of water. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I realized... I still feel dehydrated. I'm like, this is weird. Hmm. And I drank two gallons of water. I had not peed once. I'm like, hmm. what is going on? I'm like, I should be peeing all the time. And I start to feel weird. I almost had, I almost went to the hospital. I was like, uh, what, what's going on? Like, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm dizzy. I hurt. He goes to the hospital. It's the same doctor. He's like, how much water are you drinking? <laughs> No, no, no. So that's the thing. Is the last time I had a problem with water is because I wasn't drinking any. Yeah. I go to uh, a friend of mine um, who I used to work for, uh, Dr. Khan. I'm like, hey, I tell him what's going on. I'm like, listen, man, I, I don't know. Should I go to the emergency room? He's like, uh, so wait, 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 wait. so you drank two gallons of water? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, ah, ah, you drank too much water. He's like, you need Gatorade now. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, you fucked up your electrolytes. Yeah. Your, your electrolytes are completely out of whack. You need some coconut water and then a couple of Gatorades. Yeah, or salts or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Stop drinking that much water. What a weird relationship <laughs> we fucking have with water. Not enough, you're gonna die. Too yep. much, you're gonna die. Well, you know what they say? The dose makes the poison. That's uh, right. Damn it. <laughs> no, but what what literally happens is so like you. Need need electrical potential across your nerves in order to send nerve signals. You're basically creating a, a charge across your, your nerve cells. And the only way you do that is using the imbalance, the ionic imbalance of salts. And if you take too many, too much water in, you clear out the salts. You don't have enough salts in your body and you just have water. And basically your nerves can't function and slowly you die because your nerves don't Sounds work. like witchcraft. <laughs> All right, Bobby, um, got a vigilante justice question whoa, for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hit the music. All right, so we all know about the Craigslist apartment scams. Yes. Where they list an apartment's too good to be true, yep. it's fake, they ask it's you to It's not theirs, money, or right. sometimes right. it's a real apartment, it's not their apartment. Correct. My wife actually did one where they knew the lock code. She ran the scam, the scam though. <laughs> no, she, she was that kind of person. <laughs> when she was looking for a rental when we were going to move, she found one where they knew the lock code, Ooh. so they sent you to the apartment right. with the lock yeah. code to get the key to walk through, and then we're like, okay, put that on the positive really if you want That's a really tough one. Yeah. yeah. So this one, a friend of mine is looking for an apartment, and she was sending me a couple. She's like, oh, but this one, this one. And one of them, I'm like, that's a scam, 100%. She's like, are you sure? 
I looked at it, the pictures match. I drove by and the pictures match. I'm like, yes, it's a scam. It's, it's, a, it's a two bedroom on the beach for three hundred dollars yeah. a month. It was in Bird Rock for like eighteen hundred a month uh. for one bedroom. So I broke down to the email from the guy with all kinds of grammatical errors, yeah. like weird turns of phrase, like people don't talk talk like this. Yeah, show P and Virgin. Yeah. So I broke it down for her, and she was so into it, though. She was like, so like, oh, this is going to be great. She'd already spoken to the guy a couple times, and she had written him back. She actually emailed back to him, like, I'm willing to take this place sight unseen, trying to set wow. up a deal. The guy wanted 1800 for the first month plus 1800 deposit, so 3600 And she was ready to send that to him. But I was like, mm. whoa, whoa, stop. So I went to the place. I was looking at him, like, yeah, this is way too nice for 1800 Yep. And I went, went around the back. There was some bushes, and behind the bushes was a fence. So I went the fence up the backyard. There was a woman inside on the couch. So I was like, hey, sorry to bother you. Oh, uh, God. You just fucking <laughs> waved at a woman yeah. through you a window. You went into a backyard. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You need to know how not okay any of that oh is. Oh, my God. It worked out fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're the fucking Golden State Killer. What are you doing in people's backyard? <laughs> All right, lay down. I'm going to balance these plates on your back. If I hear any rattling, <laughs> do you have any idea what would happen to you if you were in Texas? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's why I don't live in Texas. <laughs> that's why I don't live there. The woman came up to the door, and she didn't open it, which is totally fine. I'm like, I get it. Sorry to bother you. Uh, a friend of mine thinks you're trying to rent this place. Do you live here? She's like, oh, yeah. This happens to me all the time. Oh, my God. They use this place. She's like, Craigslist, right? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, it happens all the time. No, this is not for rent. I live here. I'm like, okay, sorry to bother you. And I left. And I contacted my friend and told her. And so she, she contacted the police. I, I wonder what it is about that specific place. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's weird. But Well, he's and, got the picture of it. So why would you go around taking pictures of multiple places? Oh, I guess what I meant is it sounds like this is something that he does over and over again at the same place. Yes, as opposed right. to I would cycle through. So if somebody had seen that before, they're like, oh, that's a scam. Oh, but this new one might not. Well, I mean, if it keeps Maybe working. he does multiple. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. But in her course of talking to the guy, when I knew it was a scam, but I hadn't been to the place yet, I was like, here's what you do. Next time you talk to him, because he was calling her, mm. uh, ask if you can meet him. Because supposedly he's out in India, which is why he's not here to show uh. the place. The current tenant is in New York. They're moving. That's why the tenant's not there. Uh -huh. And he doesn't show a place while it's occupied. So uh. all these things in place sure, are like, sure, oh, sure. you can't go inside. So I was like, offer to meet him somewhere with the money. And she's like, okay. So she did that. She calls me back. She's like, he said I can meet him in India, but I have to bring cash. And so now... <laughs> Now I was like, two and a half hour drive is really far, but I was tempted to go. Yeah. Like Bobby. Yes. What would you do? Well, I mean, he's not going to show up. Do you think you he's going to show so? up? But he's going to have, but, but, but they said she's bringing cash. He thinks he's got one on the hook. Yeah. She's already said she's going to take it sight unseen. She's got cash. She wants to meet him. If he wasn't going to meet her, he'd say, sorry, you can't meet me. Wire the money. Yeah. Yes. This is I firmly $3, believe $3,400 he, he stands to gain by yes. making this trip. Or he tells her when she gets to that place, Oh, sorry, I couldn't make it. Just wire it to me. Like, there is a, I think there's a really good chance he doesn't show up. But if you're saying you believe he's actually going to be there and he's actually going to show up, let's do it and record it. Let's That's what I was thinking. Let's That's absolutely thinking. do it and record it and then have like a funny confrontation. We always say we're going to do these things and they never work out. The March for Science is the only time we ever did it. <laughs> that was great, but only eight people were there to see it. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. Gee, if you think he will actually show up, I'm willing to take that road trip. Yeah, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking fill the back with beers. I'll fucking have a great time in the back seat. But what specifically do we do? Is okay. My question. So here's a few different. Double legs. We already <laughs> talked about this. We hug him, but we don't touch his hips. <laughs> now, obviously, we're going to have to be a little careful, right? Because if he thinks somebody's coming up with 3,600 cash, he might just roll up with a Glock. So we're going to have to kind of like put some kind of. Controls into place. Yeah, for that. But, but if he pulls a gun on us, it's very, very easy. Just go, Ryan, sorority pose. <laughs> <laughs> he won't know what to do. 
Keanu hands. Uh, no, well, I think that would be really funny if he showed up and then one of the ways we could do it, and I think this would be good, is when he shows up, oh my God, you, you're the guy for the apartment? Oh, great to meet you. Uh, did you bring the $1,800? No, 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 you were supposed to bring the 1800 for me. No, that's not how I remember that. Like, so we could just kind of pull those games. Right. I think just getting him there and then slowly unraveling a web of, like, right. being punked would be really funny to do on tape, especially if we did it, like, in a parking lot with a camera running out of the tinted back window of a car so he doesn't know he's being recorded. If only we knew someone that had a spy van. Uh, if yeah, yeah. only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for this, Dave. I'll tell you what. You set it up. Tell her to make that connection happen. Let's set it up for a day that we can all go out on like a Sunday morning and head out to Indio and let's make it happen. Well, me and Ryan have church on Sunday morning. Yeah. You know this. <laughs> That's right. I'll be busy uh, standing on my front lawn in my box with <laughs> Jack Daniels body. Uh, <laughs> using American doing sign, sign language. language yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending I'm a ghost or something. I don't know what I was supposed to do. You know what'd be funny is if he didn't know American sign language, so we just taught him a few sign symbols and he didn't know what he was saying. And as the person's walking up, it's a deaf person. She's looking, she's like, what does that guy keep signing? He goes, I'm looking for a strap-on with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I'm just going to mix all these plans up. The, the, real, the realtor's going to bring some people in. I wander out naked and, like, and drunk, and I'm like, I'm a deaf ghost. <laughs> Give me $3,600. And he's holding a gallon of water that he just proceeds to chug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I got confused. Stop trying to scam me. This isn't a real apartment. <laughs> I'm Dana White, and I'm leveling this shit to put in a pool. <laughs> There's no way you're telling you're making me go to Catholic school, bitch. <laughs> Let's call it a week. I'm Ryan for Dave and Bobby saying see you next week, cruising with the twos. I just troll by a junior high with a six-pack out the door so. on my Chevy Cruise waiting for some girls to come by. Motherfucking time is passing by